This is the Money Seed Podcast, where we discuss all things investing, plain and simple, the way it should be. Please remember, this show is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. Welcome back to the Money Seed Podcast. Today, my guest is Marcus Maloney. Marcus is a real estate expert who specializes in virtual flips and virtual Burr method. You are both operating in the Illinois market as well as the Phoenix market. And everyone who gets started in real estate wants to kind of see the house, touch the house, feel the house. Like you want to be able to understand exactly what you're buying. And yet you have figured out a way to do this remotely, right? I think you call it virtual investing where you are able to acquire a property that's in a different state. How did you get into this virtual investing? You know, Gabe, it's a funny story. I mean, it was through trials and tribulations. Um, if I can go back, if you don't mind, I want to just kind of lay the ground, the groundwork and the foundation for how I even got started um, investing as a young kid. So um, one of the things that we had to do, so I grew up 60 miles south of Chicago. It's kind of rural, but I, I, I had the best of both worlds where you know, we had the farm life and then we can go to the city and we got the city life. Well, one of the things my grandfather did was growing up on a farm, he told us in order for you to get your school clothes for the next school year over the summer, we had to flip pigs. So a lot of people, when I say that, they say, well, what do you mean by flipping pigs? I mean, really pigs. So we would buy the uh, piglets early in the spring. So right around late March, early April, and they will be small. You can buy them for like 10 to $15. And then throughout the summer, before we return to school, we had to fatten them up, get them fat, let them grow and everything like that, and take them back to the auction and sell them at a profit. So that was how I got introduced to investing. So we would buy the pig, big piglet for 10 to $15. Then at the end of the summer, you can turn around and sell it and you can sell it for like one twenty to one hundred and fifty dollars. So, imagine just buying two or three piglets and then turning around and selling them. You know, you can really get a sizable return, and that's how I got started understanding the the psychology of investing and how you can make money from a small seed and let that seed grow to something big. So, um, just wanted to lay that foundation with mm-hmm. you, Gabe. And then how I how I started the virtual aspect of it was moving from Chicago to Arizona. I was promised a job. Um, and then once I moved my family from Chicago area to Arizona, that that job was rescinded. So immediately I had my wife, me and three kids. And two of the kids were under five. So I had to figure out something very, very quickly. Right. And um, even though I had a degree and MBA and everything like that during that time, it was really tough for me to personally find a W2 job. So it was just jumping out there and learning what are some of the strategies that I can use? I always enjoyed real estate. I had one rental back in Illinois when we moved here. So that kind of sustained us. Um, but then I said, you know what? This is an opportunity for for me to really learn real estate. And by doing that, I structured, started building my team. So um, to make a long story short, Gabe, 
I was forced in order to do it. Um, but by putting systems and processes in place, I was able to build out that team and start managing properties remotely and things like that. So Marcus, how did you get started in real estate? Tell us about your first deal. You know what? Um, it goes back to my mother and my grandfather. They were very entrepreneurial. Um, so my mom, so as far as real estate, my mom bought a bought a fire damaged property and an old rental in like one of the worst neighborhoods back in the early 90s. So immediately me and my brother, we looked at this like, what are you doing? You know, only thing we could see is as teenagers, like this is just more work for us. And we helped her reposition the property and everything like that. And then she sold it and she showed us a check at a profits that she made from that from from the flip. And we was like, wow, you know what? This is mind blowing. And one of her original rentals, because she bought two properties, we still hold that rental today. So that was kind of my foray into real estate. Now, how I found my first asset was being out here in the Phoenix area. Um, one of the things that I always learned is you got to go out there and you got to talk, you got to tell people everything that you do. So one Sunday after church, we were driving home and I stopped at an, at an open house and it was just a realtor in there. And I was talking to the realtor and I said, you know, Hey, let anybody know, or let me know if you have any properties where the seller needs to sell, I'm willing to purchase the property for cash. So in the, in the investment world, there's a thing called real estate wholesaling, where it's basically, basically you're flipping paper. You're the middleman. You have a seller. That, that needs to sell. And then you have a buyer that may want to buy, but they want to buy cash and you work the middleman as being the quote unquote wholesaler. So he brought a deal to me and he's like, you know what? I have a family, the lady she's divorced, recently divorced, have no income and she needs to sell this house, you know, extremely fast. So immediately um, we got the property under contract we didn't have the cash, Gabe, didn't have the cash, but we got the property under contract, opened escrow, and then I immediately start to hustle and find a buyer for that property. And I ended up finding a buyer for that property and I made $2,250 on that first transaction. So what that did to me, it let me know that, hey, this is possible. So I took that money and then started marketing for other people in similar situations to see if I can replicate it and do it again. So that was actually the first transaction. And how long did the first transaction take start to finish? Man, start to finish from the first time I learned about real estate wholesaling to getting that first deal. It took me 10 months, 10 months. So I always tell people you have to be persistent, you know, in order to reach your goals. My goal was just let me close one transaction. That was the only thing that I wanted at that time was just to close one transaction. It didn't matter how much money I made. I just wanted to 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 understand the process and learn that it that it's possible. And how many deals are you doing this year? Well, you know what? We have quite a few on the board. We we just closed on a duplex in Illinois that I haven't even been to, haven't even been inside of the property yet. Um, so I don't have my board right in front of me, Gabe, but but quite a few. I can say quite a few that we're doing. It sounds like this duplex in Illinois that you got. Tell us the, the the plan you have for it. You plan to 
fix it up and refinance it, fix it up and rent it out, fix it up and, and flip it to uh, an investor? Like, what are your plans with sure, it? Sure, sure. So we're right now, me and my family, we're looking at long-term um, whole projects. So we, we're going to hold that property. So to, to about that story is uh, this property was sitting on the market and no one wanted to touch it because Illinois is a very, very tenant friendly state and happened to be a squatter in the property. And the roof was all shot and everything like that, but it was on a market for, for extremely reasonable price. And I told my agent, I said, you know what? I want to buy that property. I want to take a look at that property. And she was giving me a laundry list of the reasons um, why we should, but also the reasons why we shouldn't, because there's a squatter in there. We would have to go through court and everything like that to get that squatter out. But um, lo and behold, we was able to get the squatter out and it actually worked in our favor. Um, But we renovated the property and now we have it on the market to get tenants into it. Um, so we're just going to hold it as a long-term investment. And Marcus, you mentioned that this particular property was on the market for a while and you found it on the market, but typically most people struggle finding good deals, right? There's a saying that once it hits uh, Zillow, it's probably too late. Where do you find most of your deals? You know, we do a lot of innovative marketing strategies, Gabe. We do a lot of um, like cold calling, direct mail, PPC campaigns to distress, possibly distressed homeowners. So we pull a list of, let's just say if we want to work a zip code, I'll just use a zip code in Chicago, 60617. We'll look for, we could pull data on properties that are have tax liens, properties that are behind on their mortgages, properties that have, you know, city liens. And we send them a letter or we give them a phone call and we say, hey, you know what? We're a family that buys houses, you know, in this market. Are you interested in selling? We can definitely help. You know, if you're any in any kind of distressed situation, we'll be willing to pay all of the closing costs. You don't have to make any repairs to the property and we'll buy it cash. And a lot of people... Uh, welcome that opportunity to sell their property that way. And we close quite a few transactions that way. And so do you typically find these distressed sellers through direct mail campaigns, through uh, phone campaigns, text messages? What is your preferred method? Um, right now it's direct mail and cold calling. So phone, phone campaigns and direct mail. One of the misconceptions out there is that you need a lot of money to get started in real estate. I think you have a really good story about how you only started with a few hundred dollars. Tell us more. Yeah. So again, like I said, when we moved from Arizona, from Chicago to Arizona, uh, that job was rescinded. And the only thing I had was a first premier credit card. If anybody know anything about first premier, it's like the credit card for people that have bad credit. And I only had a $200 balance on that card. And this was about 10 years ago. And what I did was I spent money on buying notepads of paper, uh, ink for my cartridges for the printer and a handwritten letter and then Xerox that letter multiple times and bought stamps and envelopes. I pulled a list of individuals that might be in distress, like I said earlier, and just started mailing those letters out. And that's how I ran into, um, that's how I found my next deal after that first deal. And what does your team look like today, Marcus? How many different people do you have working for you? And what are their various roles? So right now we have about eight people. We have five um, employees that that are offshore. So these are virtual assistants that don't live here in the States. And then we have 
two acquisitions managers and a disposition manager. So we have eight. And that's enough to cover both the Illinois and the Arizona market. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the, another misconception, Gabe, is people think that you have to have a large team in order to do this. You can start out with just in the beginning, you can start with just you. You'll have to do every role. However, you know, once you started making some money, you can start hiring out some of those tasks that you don't want to do. So a lot of the cold calling and sending out the letters, we have a team that do that for us. What is the ideal property type that catches your eye? Uh, bread and butter, three bedroom, two bath, uh, preferably brick and a middle-class neighborhood. And we want it to be the worst property on the block or the worst property in the neighborhood. That way we can go up and shine that diamond up and uh, get it back to being the best house in the neighborhood. I love it. So you're in the single family space and you're looking for properties that can use a little TLC. Absolutely. The more the TLC, the better, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus, if you ever sit down and you crunch your numbers, what kind of returns do you typically see year on year? You know what? Um, I'll go over just one of my campaigns. And I was actually just talking this over with one of my students. I had an ROI of a 1100% on one campaign. Um, we spent, it was like $1,700 on a campaign and we made uh, $20,000, nearly $20,000 on a deal. And this was just a wholesale deal. We didn't take it down, didn't buy it, didn't uh, do any other renovations. We just took it down. And um, I'm sorry, we didn't take it down. We just assigned that contract over to someone else. So you don't have to have a lot of money, but you can make a sizable return. So that was just one campaign as an example. And you mentioned that you have students what kind of students do you have and what kind of programs and, and courses do you run? You know what? We work with individual investors that's looking to either get started or trying to find a way to find more off-market opportunities. It's called the Deal Finders Club, and it's all about marketing and finding those niches where you can find these distressed sellers. So we teach people from the beginning that have never done a deal all the way to the seasoned fix and flipper that's been buying properties either on the MLS or from other wholesalers, and we teach them the strategies that we use. So um, very innovative techniques. We have, you know, eight courses and over 20 videos, and we meet weekly, you know, just to make sure everybody understands the content that uh, me and my partner, Mike, teaches. Marcus, what advice would you have for individuals who are just starting out on their real estate investment journey? Man, find a mentor. That's that's the biggest thing is find a mentor. It could be someone in person in your market, or it could be a digital mentor, someone like Gabe that's providing excellent content and just follow the steps that they're taking. And just the main thing is to take that action. So you can sit and you can listen to these podcasts. You can listen to YouTube videos or watch YouTube videos, but you have to get out there. and You have to take that risk at some point, because the sooner you take that risk, the sooner you will know what else you need to learn and what steps you need to take next. You, you found success. You have a team now. You have momentum behind you. How many years did it take you to build your business up to where it is today? 
You know, we've been doing it for 10 years now, but I would say probably around year four is when I really started to pick up the momentum because one of the one of the mistakes that I made, I was a solopreneur too long. So I always felt that I could do this all by myself. Let me just do it all by myself. But one of the things that I learned is the biggest um, mistake in business and the biggest, the most important error that you can mis- that you can make is by just continuing to stay a solopreneur. You have to go outside the box and start bringing people and adding them to your team. That way you can grow exponentially. So um, yeah, you just got to get out there and you have to take the risk and jump out there and take action. I got a different question for you on the parenting front. So I got two kids and I'm always trying to think of ways I can get my kids interested in real estate or interested in investing or being an entrepreneur. So far, I haven't found a secret yet, but are you able to get your kids to to follow you on on your journey to be interested and invested in what you're doing? Absolutely. You know what, my kids. So I, I did a YouTube video on my YouTube channel with my son. He was 13, 12 going on 13 at the time. And he him and his sisters just paid off their first rental property. And I took everybody through the journey, showing them exactly what they needed to do, you know, to get their kids interested. I would say that one of the first things that they need to, that people need to do is I would say Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow one on one game. And they had cash flow for kids. So that that's one game that. I play with my kids to make sure that they understand the concepts of investing, because one thing people like to do is they like to hold on to their money. And that's the worst thing you can do. You have to put that money out there and sow those seeds, plant those seeds so they can bring in a harvest for you. As long as you hold on to that seed, it will never grow. So I always teach them, you know, whenever you get some money, whenever you get an allowance, go out there and find something that you can invest in, even if it's something small, you know, take a dollar, go to school and see if you can flip that dollar and see what you can come home with or how much more money you can come back with. So um, it's it's starting with the small things, Gabe. And I'm definitely going to look into some of that advice. I'm going to get maybe, and I've, I've been thinking about getting my kids a copy of, of Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for Kids. Because I, like I said, he has a kid's version. But um, one of these days, I'm going to figure it out how, and I'm going to turn my kids into entrepreneurs. That's one of my life goals. <laughs> you know, one one of the things that that that's good in a way that you can do it is... Um, like some people, they pay their kids to do chores around the house. We try, me and my wife, we have a philosophy where we want our kids to educate themselves because the more education you have, the more tools you have in your toolbox. So we pay them to read, you know, different investment books and things like that on a kid's level because, well, now they're starting to get to that adult level. They're 13. No. Yeah, 13 and 15 and 23. So now we're starting to advance them into some higher uh, higher level reading. That's excellent. Marcus, I love the way that you give back to the community. You have a website. You have your own podcast called the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Where can people reach out to you to learn more about your podcast or YouTube channel, your activities and your ongoing business? You know what? They can go to MarcusEMaloney.com. That's M-A-R-C-U-S-E as in equity. M-A-L-O-N-E-Y.com. I have a button up there, a 15-minute free consultation. So if anybody want to talk with me about how to get your kids started in investing, or if you're looking to get started, you know, feel free to jump on the call. You'll be speaking directly with me. So um, yeah, I would, I would love to speak with you.
Thanks again for your time today. I really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, congratulations on your success and all the best in the future. Thank you, Gabe. I really appreciate the opportunity. And one thing that I want to leave with your listeners is just remember, guys, always enjoy the journey. Take time and enjoy exactly where you are at. And don't be so mindful about where you're trying to go. Just just enjoy where you are right now. That's that's a great I heard a saying recently, and it goes something like this. People who enjoy the walk will walk further than people who only enjoy the destination. Very true. Very true. I agree with you 100%. You have to enjoy the journey. It's all about the journey. Marcus, have a great day. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Gabe. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Money Seed Podcast. Please remember to click like and subscribe. It really helps spread the message to other investors and it helps attract new viewers to the show. We appreciate your support. Thanks very much.